This is the Fantasy Ladder Podcast, episode 32. I'm your host, Steve, at Fantasy Ladder. This podcast is brought to you by the IDP Guys Network. So welcome back once again, my fantasy football friends and family. Let's climb the ladder of fantasy football together. So today's show, we're going to be going through all the matchups of week eight with the help of a, of a very special guest, a... Uh, a jack of all trades for the IDP guys. So I'm just going to bring them on right now. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at mrecord21. Of course, his name is Matt Record. So Matt, welcome on to the show. And how you doing, buddy? Hello, hello. Really happy to be here. Doing great. Ready to talk football. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So for IDP guys, you, you really do do a lot of stuff for them. Uh, you are a writer, of course. Uh, you do do a lot of great IDP content there. You're a content creator. Uh, you handle the vast majority of uh, of the TikTok page and a lot on, on the YouTube channel as well. And a music parody extraordinaire, uh, especially on, on, on TikTok. And then, of course, is shared on Twitter, too. So uh, just was curious. Um, what, what what what's your process like for for coming up with, with, with these parodies? Oh man, I wish there were a more formal process. It it really it really just is. It's like either one or two things. Uh, like, what's a song I like to sing that I can just try to make a make a parody out of, or uh, or it's like you know what this person's relevant right now. Like I know uh, one of the first ones I did with Joe Burrow getting sacked. He's like, yeah, Joe Burrow gets sacked. How can I make Joe Burrow into a thing? Uh, and I kind of just rack my brain and. A lot of them, they just kind of come to you in random times and then you just have to, you just got to make them. No, I love it. Yeah. So, so what's really impressive is that, I mean, obviously the, 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 the song choices are excellent. The way you tie in the players is also excellent, but they are like, they're really hilarious and have a very great quality sound to your voice. So, um, some of my favorites uh, that, that that I've uh, seen o- over the last couple of months here, uh, that there's a parody of of Good for You, where the 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 concept of what was was phenomenal is basically a player who was like banged up in training camp, and you decided to fade them for the draft, and then. Yep. They actually end up being okay for the start of the regular season, and you're just basically saying, "Well, well, good for you. I'm glad you're healthy and, and able to and able to be like uh, a good player and all of this." That one really reminded me of like David Montgomery from from the 2020 season. Um, coming off of his rookie season, he ended the he ended that campaign as an RB two. Then very early into training camp, he had this groin injury. And I remember it like mm-hmm. spread like it was like a pretty dev. I mean, it seemed to be like a pretty devastating injury. Like he might be out half the year. We didn't really know. And then he finishes that season uh, RB6 in standard, RB4 in PPR, where like his ADP plummeted like crazy. So that song just instantly made me think of that uh, scenario. Um Another uh, more recent one, um, QB pressure, of course, was the parody of the Encanto uh, mm-hmm. surface pressure. Uh, just the, the 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 probably the, the greatest song in that movie. Um, phenomenal one. I gotta I gotta have people check out the, the 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 TikTok page, not just for Matt, who was the longtime face of it, and now with the Brandons uh, who are joining in the fun as well. Um, so definitely that one. And then probably my personal favorite that you've done is, is Hey Judy, uh, <laughs> of course, off of Hey Jude by, by the Beatles. Uh, really just, just get, made, made me laugh out loud, like for real. Both times I've sat down and watched it. So uh, really awesome stuff there, Matt. Uh, But I do encourage everyone to uh, check those out. 
Now, I did just want to ask you uh, real quick here. Um, do, do you have like a, a performing background? Like, were you in a band or a musical theater or anything like that? Because your voice really has a great quality to it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate all those those lovely compliments. Uh, I will warn anyone that goes checks them out. They're very silly. It, it's very niche. It's like musical parodies with yep. fantasy football. So it's 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 really middle of that Venn diagram. Really good, very nice niche. Uh, yeah. So I, I've sung pretty much forever. So I, I oh, grew perfect. up singing singing choruses. Uh, I joined an acapella group in high school, and then I joined an acapella group in college, and I sing uh, in a barbershop chorus and a few quartets right now. So always love performing, and the fact that I'm able to now combine two of my sort of passions together. It's a dream come true. No, honestly, I mean, it's really great. I mean, what's great about Nate at IDP guys, like if you have a desire and a want to do something, he'll make it happen. So clearly you have taken full advantage of that and are, as far as I'm concerned, just absolutely crushing it. So keep it up. Yeah, it's I absolutely love it. And just give a lot of uh, props to people who are able to, you know, express their, 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 their musical talents to the public. Cause a lot of people just kind of do it for themselves, but they don't want to do it on a stage or in front of people. So to be able to have the talent and do it out and get your stuff out there, I just think is, is fantastic. So I can definitely uh, appreciate that. Cause I'm not the most musically gifted, uh, you know, so yeah, I just want to recognize that. So that that's awesome. But yeah. So just want to get to know you a little bit better here, just so the audience can have an, a little bit of a better idea about you and a little bit of your football background and, and things like this. So sure. we're just going to go through like some like speed dating with you. All right. Uh, favorite. All right. So favorite NFL team. Uh, I'm from New Hampshire, so it's the Pats. I'm not a bandwagon fan. Granted, I am of the age that I've had a pretty dang good Pretty dang good sports <laughs> life, especially football. Uh, not so great right now, uh, but yeah, go go Pats. Love it, love it. Yeah, so 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 it is like like a a regional thing, right? So so you're oh, from yeah. the Northeast. I'm from outside of Philadelphia, like New York, Boston area. Like we definitely like our teams from where we're from. Very rarely do you defer away from the the hive, you know, uh, for sure. Exactly. All right. So do you have a favorite college football team? Yeah. So I live in Wisconsin now. So I moved out here uh, at least where I grew up in New England. We didn't really have much of a college tie really to anyone. It's really professional sports or bust uh, up there. Uh, so when, when I moved out here, I figured might as well bandwagon the, the Badgers. Right. So Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I'll, give, I'll give some love to UW. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So as a resident uh, Pennsylvanian, I'm also a Penn State alum. So, you know, we, we can be friends for tonight, but, but we don't really play the Badgers as, as often as, <laughs> as we could because they're in the different like divisions there in the Big Ten. But right. either way, uh, always happy to, to see another uh, Big Ten fan. So that's fine with me. <laughs> All right. Now, curious. Um, one, how, how long have you been playing fantasy football and what's your favorite way to play fantasy football? Goodness gracious. How long has it been? Um, probably. Oh, no, like almost 20 years. Oh, that's oh. up on you, doesn't it? Uh, so 
realistically like 17 18 years uh the formats really changed uh for me with my favorite format as i've uh, grown older so i used to think dynasty was the only way you can do it like like okay. you have to prove that you're you know so smart over so many years but i've kind of just grown to love redraft at the moment like i love dabbling in best ball i do there are some very select dynasty leagues i absolutely love but redraft you just get to start fresh like the the glorious thing about fantasy football is really no one knows anything right like sure (laughs) we 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 put out uh we do a lot of research uh for the idp guys and for you know anywhere you're you're consuming this content there's a lot of research you can make educated guesses but at the end of the day you you have no idea Right. Like if you if I had told you going into this week that Michael Gallup and Romeo Dobbs would have the same number of points. Right. You'd be like, OK, that kind of makes sense. But that it was zero. Like. Right. Uh, that's right. Huh? Yeah. Uh, again, ed- all educated. guess. So there's something uh, there's something really nice about you just get a fresh start every year with a brand new team. And you kind of kind of go from there. So I'll, I'll say redraft for now. But every every type of format has its place. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I started playing redraft. I mean, yeah, I've been playing about 18 years as well. So, so that's very interesting. We're on like the same timeline there. Um, but, uh, I was definitely a very heavy redraft player up until about five years ago. I, I got into dynasty really have taken on to love that. However, there are just swings of like devastation that can occur in the dynasty like it does not take very long for you to Mm -hmm. completely screw up your team and then you're back to square one you know uh you you could feel great about your team in july whenever you do the startup or whatever and then by at this point you could be really sad so like for for example uh this this um this off season i did a number of startups where i was targeting elijah moore everywhere I was mm-hmm. getting him as my wide receiver three everywhere. I'm thinking, oh, this is fantastic. And like Rashad Bateman yeah. too, another one. Yep. And now it's like, you, you just don't know what to do with these guys. I mean, at this point you hope Elijah Moore lands in like a good, um, with, with the new team. Cause he's like requested Somewhere. a trade. Mm-hmm. The jets have no plans on moving them. Uh, what, one, one, one of my good friends in the, in the community, uh, um, uh, um, Lobo's FF Den. He he was he was basically was trying to manifest a Elijah Moore to the Chargers trade. So that would be fantastic all around. But I don't know. It just it just depends if the Jets are able to move him or even want to move him. But yeah. So Dynasty just has these big swings of mm-hmm. you know just can be very devastating when a player like Brees Hall goes down or whatever. It just really jacks up your plans. But um, the the thing I like what you said is that you can just start fresh each year. Mm-hmm. And I really like that part of redraft. So like I think my favorite is like a kind of a blend, like like a keeper league. You know, so you can maybe keep oh, two sure. from the previous or however many from the previous year. So you can kind of carry over. You can you can strategize for the future, but still have a sense of freshness too. So uh yeah, uh, so that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, my favorite league is basically a blend. So it's made to mimic college sports so the player pool are just players in their first four years uh you draft them before they end up on a team so like you're you're pretending like you're a college and you're getting recruits right so for example uh this year i drafted drake london or i didn't draft sorry i recruited drake london to come to my team uh in like the first round and then recruited chris alave uh for my team uh and then after if players do really well they graduate early they go to the nfl early so like micah parsons for example this is an idp of course go idp uh he finished <laughs> top five 
as a, as a linebacker last year. Uh, so he's going to be graduating in another two years to go to the NFL. So there's like constant player churning. Uh, yeah. Like it's just, it's so, I don't know, it, it, exactly that. Like there's enough turnover that you can start fresh pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, but you do get like the little bit of a benefit of like, I think Micah Parsons is going to be okay. And then he ended up being pretty okay. But that also requires you to kind of keep up with things all year long, right? So like oh, yeah. I, I play some of the guys in my home league and some other like like ongoing like single season leagues I play in. It's like they just the day before the draft, you know that that's how they're they're prepping just because you see how the how the team comes out and they're they're not <laughs> they're not keeping up with this stuff. So in that kind of a format, it, 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 it doesn't force you. It, it encourages you, you know, to Absolutely. kind of keep a handle on things all year long, but just the devastation of when players, you know, get hurt or when they get traded to an awful team or, you know, whatever, that's not as much of a, uh, earth shattering. Uh, doesn't, thing, hurt as, so. doesn't hurt as badly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Awesome. That's cool. So, Obviously, you've been playing a long time. You're playing a lot of different mm-hmm. leagues, especially IDP. So you got to give the shout mm-hmm. out to like the mother. Mm-hmm. You got to give a shout out to 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 our mothership. But yep. how many leagues are you playing in this year? So I am in 13 leagues that require uh, active management. Got it. Uh, and then I'm in 20 best ball. <laughs> 20 best ball. So yeah, 33. That's a quite quite the number. Uh, yeah. That's why I kind of like. Uh, uh, shout out to best ball. I know it's kind of growing in popularity but it's so nice especially if you have a bunch of those leagues like i have where like roster management's a lot right it's not just starting and sitting it's it's the waiver wire and all that stuff and you're navigating to i think i'm using four different you know sites for it so you're going to all these places yeah the glory of best ball is you kind of get you kind of get to do the the draft experience which i think is secretly most people's favorite part the entire time, right? Just the draft itself. Uh, you get to do that, but then you uh, don't have to do anything after. Yeah, it, it, it's like a, it's a lottery ticket that you have some some say in, right? Yeah. Exactly. So um, I haven't dabbled too much in the best ball, but I really think the amount of season or in season management leagues I'm in, it's really gonna. I'm gonna have to cut back. I'm gonna have to transition more into best ball because you can just do like. Just like little two dollar con, like now not exactly. every single contest has to be 20, 50 bucks or whatever. So, mm-hmm. really, I mean, what's the difference in doing twenty two dollar, you know, leagues yeah. compared to buying a whole sleeve of like lottery tickets? Do you exactly. know what I mean? It's, it's it's the same thing, and you have a little bit more at stake in your own personal efforts. You know, exactly. so. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I think 13 is a pretty healthy number. I think, I think that's a very good number. Uh, I, I'm in 27 right now and they're all, yeah. So a couple of weeks, I'm just like late on Tuesday night. I'm like, no, I'm just not going to do, I'm just not going to do fab this week. You know, yeah. I'll just get the leftovers on, on Wednesday or, yep. or Thursday, you know? So there have been a couple of times I was like, no, I'm not going to spend a full hour, you know, digging through. Now, a lot of these are like deeper dynasty leagues where like you have your mm-hmm. clear, like, single pickup of the week mm-hmm. or some are just are just not, not even worth like picking up. So many of them are kind of like that, but either way, I think 13 is a very good number. <laughs> um, so, so even with 13 though, like how does that affect how you handle the, the lineups throughout the week? Are you like a tinkerer throughout the week or like what's your Sunday morning um, routine? Like 
Yeah, I'm not much. I'm not much of a tinkerer. Everyone tinkers. I right? think everyone <laughs> oh, yeah. does it. But I, I like to Tuesday morning kind of just set the lineup. Obviously, injuries. You have to monitor injuries. But for the most part, I feel pretty confident with because I mean, I I live in the fantasy world, right? So I I I already have my opinions on on various things. So kind of set it. Uh, obviously, check back in on and do all your waiver wire stuff. And then check back in on Thursday uh, to see who you actually got and you know any any uh, you know any injury situation there. So Sunday mornings is usually pretty chill. Uh, kind of you kind of wake up. You know, just do your regular Sunday morning stuff. Then an hour before, once the inactives come out, like that's when you really just have to like just go through sipping coffee, just making sure everyone's actually playing. Uh, I'll tell you what ruins my normal Sunday, and I got burned by it. Uh, these heck in London games, man. Yeah, Alvin Kamara was supposedly supposed to play because I like sleep. I enjoy <laughs> I enjoy my sleeping. So excuse yeah. me for sleeping in till like nine a.m. on a Sunday. And you wake up and like, oh, Kamara's not playing. That hurts. Yeah, no, that that whole situation is like the best advertisement for for best ball that exists. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this is just something you don't need to worry about, you know. But but it is rough. I mean, uh, I, I'm on the East Coast, so at least like I would have known that before. Like people in like California, that there are like way like not even close to being awake, or unless they're like an early riser or whatever, to get that kind of news is like. So it really did that, that that's that specific scenario brought up a, a lot of big debate, like should mm-hmm. commissioners allow that, you know, manager to swap them out or, or whatever. And it's like, well, I don't want to just say you snooze, you lose. I, mean, I, I think for me, it would depend on the stakes of the league and just the general like yeah. feel of the league. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh I, I, I think, think people are pretty reasonable. They, they are. They are. Like I kind of of the of the mindset of like, well, oops, I messed up. I should have woken up to check it, but I do think there's a a space for some sort of feature of like either setting it yourself up, like if players out, put in this player from the bench uh, or just having it be an automatic, like if someone goes out, just put in the player who's projected the most that's still available to be put in, you know, like I know some, some leagues do that already. Or not, they don't do that, but there some of these apps have that feature set. And like that kind of just makes kind of makes sense. Like I'm I'm pretty sure one of our one of our leagues, maybe it's the IDP invitational. Just uh, if you don't set the lineup, they just set the lineup for like the highest projected points, which you know obviously is not perfect, but at least it's something, right? It keeps it competitive. Yeah. So I feel like they're I feel like that might that might happen as there's seemingly more more London games happening. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, I will say though that that this year, like like the late inactives haven't been as brutal as like the last two yeah, seasons yeah. when like COVID was like really going through the league. Like we we actually had a rule in my home league where we had like a little slack. Um we, our league has like a whole slack sure. like chat, you know, and like different channels, like different things, but the one channel was like called like your backup plan. So like you you if you as long as you put in like if this person is a late and active, say in like the four twenty-five game or whatever, because of COVID, and you you would have not not have put them in, you know, if they were like had a bad ankle or whatever. As long as you verbally state like what your backup plan would have been, then our hmm. commissioner will literally will change that and, and swap it out. As long as you put that in ahead of time, you know what That's I mean. So nice. That's so, so nice. yeah. 
yeah, no. So, so, so that's that, that, that's a benefit of just having like a league of just people you know and can communicate with. That's also the problem when like leagues get too convoluted. And you, mm-hmm. on like myself, I have too many leagues. You can't have like that kind of in depth conversation like thirty different times, right? right. So, uh, but no, you're right. Um, I think it, it is a really interesting thing at that. You know, I think I guess some platforms can can, can allow you know the freedom or, or that that like commissioners can like swap things out a little bit easier than, than, than others. But no, I think that that kind of a system is very ideal yeah. uh, for sure, but that's cool. So, so, so your, your routine is pretty much unchanged until like the last hour when the inactives come there, in. There's not, and then just, there's nothing you can do until then, you know, like I yeah. like work. I like working on all the information I have. So, yep. so yeah, like I said, on Tuesday, you kind of submit like, here would be my ideal lineup, obviously right. taking into account, thursday right because they're you obviously gonna lock earlier right uh but then there's no i i try to just n- don't nothing to stress about until you have all the information right there, there's nothing granted that doesn't stop you from posting a start sit question on twitter or you know having some conversations uh but it's like you know why why speculate let's just save our energy absolutely absolutely all right so we're gonna do a little game now okay Love so it. it's a little topical halloween season's here we're going to do a little game of overrated, underrated, or perfectly rated just based on your own experiences or just the, your self perception or just the perception of how you perceive other people either liking or disliking or being neutral to these different Mm -hmm. topics. Mm -hmm. Halloween edition, right? Embrace debate. Let's do it. All right. Overrated, underrated, or perfectly rated horror slash scary movies and TV shows. Where do you fall with those? I'm going to say perfectly rated. I feel perfectly rated for that one. Not at all my thing. I hate horror and jump scares and any of that stuff. I will actively <laughs> avoid it. So this time yeah. of year, I'll watch all the kids stuff. Love it. And all the cartoons, you know, all the like the Bob's Burgers of the world, like their Halloween episodes. Like I'll, I'll or the Simpsons, stuff. like uh, Treehouse of Horror. Yeah, exactly. Anything that's not actually scary, like. <laughs> <laughs> that that's my speed but i understand what people like it like i understand the the psychology behind the rush you get with all that with all that jazz so i'll say perfectly rated not for me but when someone says i like the horror and scary things i'm like you 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 do you you do you yeah, yeah. so i i went with, with, with perfectly rated as well because <laughs> for me like the really great ones are just become like true classics just like really well-made movies if it's your thing or not when when a when a scary movie or episode of a TV show is done well, that will like sit with me longer than like a good, like, I don't know, action movie, for example, mm-hmm. just because of that scariness mm-hmm. kind of sticks with you a little bit more. And then like the really corny ones, it's like your really lame, like slashers or whatever. You just know yeah. what you're getting. You, you, you go into that, into that situation just expecting something silly and goofy borderline trashy and and that's what you get and it's just a fun time right so i would say that that they're perfectly rated if i would agree if that's your thing i definitely Mm -hmm. have my limits on things that i will be into or would even probably watch but just if it's like excessive like Mm -hmm. gore or like just ultra violent i don't know if it's done well then it's done well but it's not going to be the first thing I go to either. So I'm with you there, Mm -hmm. but I do enjoy myself a scary movie every now and then. So here's one, uh, Halloween parties. And I, as the little parameter as post college age adults, 
overrated, underrated, or perfectly rated for you? Uh, I'm going to go underrated on this one. I, I yeah. love it. I love it. I, I feel like as I've grown older, right, there there's fewer and fewer opportunities to really just be be silly and or opportunities to get all of your adult friends in a place in that kind of setting, you know, especially, you know, once kids start coming, coming into the picture. Um, so I love it. I love it. I, I love the the process of like picking out the costume and then going, uh, hanging out with your friends and it, it, especially, especially adult ones more entertaining to me than back in college, <laughs> like back in college, it ended up being just, you know, a, a, a messy nightmare for college reasons right versus <laughs> now it's like oh no you can actually have the funds to put together a nice costume you can have a fun time with your friends so i'm gonna go underrated but i know you disagree yeah i mean i think you bring up a good point because like now that you're older and have like some you can actually have like kind of classy food and classy drink not just like i don't know dinosaur nuggets because that's the cheapest thing you can afford as like a college student or whatever you know what yeah, I mean? yeah yeah I, mean, I enjoy myself some dinosaur nuggets don't oh, get doesn't. me wrong but um but it is just like it can you can take it to another level as an adult for sure now i'm gonna go overrated here and i'm thinking it's only because i am just a curmudgeon now that i am a seasoned parent and anything that requires social activity also requires what am i gonna do with my kids yeah for me i also think like I would have to be very specific with the costume because I wear glasses. I I don't I don't do the contacts thing. I know a lot of mm -hmm. people like it's 2022 contacts have been around forever, but I just don't do that. So I would need to make sure I have a mask or something that can incorporate the glasses or whatever else I just can't see. Or if the if the costume is like too elaborate, I would be afraid I'm gonna like spill food on it. Or how am I gonna get, how when I get to the bathroom with some like ridiculous like looking costume on? So that's just me. I have my own hangups about it, but I will just. I think it's great. I think if other people want to do that, that's awesome. But for me, it would be more of an overrated feature, at least at this stage of my life. But yeah, I get that. I get it. Yeah, for sure. Now this one, uh, candy. Ooh. Overrated, underrated, or perfectly rated? Ooh, I'm gonna, uh, mm. I'm gonna go underrated for this one too. Underrated, and I'm not a sweets person, but I think that's okay. why I, I think that's why I like it. Like, I would much rather uh, wrap up my daily calories with, I don't know, uh, a beer or even like some pretzels, like some something of that of just bread. I love bread, uh, something of that ilk. Uh, but here's the thing about the Halloween candy: it's tiny so when i want candy like i don't want an entire candy bar that's too much it's too much in those big sizes whereas there's something about like i'll go very specific like the tiny bag of skittles where it's the exact right amount of skittles so it's perfect for someone like me uh who like when i want something sweet i just want a little bit just a touch so it it, it Again, uh, this is just me as an adult. I do not have kids. I can imagine when you have kids, it's a whole different game of, of you know, arguing and who gets what and all that jazz. But uh, but for me, Halloween candy uh, somehow is underrated, even though that's kind of what everything sort of circles around. Oh, no. Yeah. So so I went with perfectly rated. I, I love candy. I think it's delicious. I think it's great. Uh, the the only like, I mean. It's just the best, especially because of the the portion sizes you get, mm -hmm. like like the fun size, all those things. It's just absolutely fantastic. 
Um, but you're right. Just a full Snickers is just too much. I mean, you're it will literally make you full and it's just like nothing good for you. But either way, I think the, the Halloween size candy is perfect. The one thing that um, is not perfect, though, are just the vast <laughs> opinions of of which candy is good and which candy is, is bad. So I can I can take someone's hot sports take and just say, OK, you you either just one attention or you're just like a silly person but when someone has like a a different opinion on food that to me just deeply upsets me <laughs> uh like i don't know i like a year ago i saw someone on twitter just trashing pudding and i i love oh. pudding i'm like well, what what did pudding do to you you know i'm just like i don't know how you can have such a hot take about how mm -hmm. much you don't like pudding yeah i don't know i did it, it just it made me more upset than I care to admit, you know, I uh, just seeing something so silly as that. But like, I don't know, people who just like don't like Reese's peanut. I mean, unless you're allergic to peanut butter, that's all oh, another sure. story. Yeah. Uh, people who don't like Reese's peanut butter cups, but at the same time, like candy corn. I just don't get these people. I just don't get it. I mean, you don't see it that often, but that it just really just it, it lives rent free in my head more than I care to admit. But having said all that i do think that candy is is just the best um even though I just want a little bit of it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. another one here uh pumpkin carving i went Ooh. underrated this was something that i did a little bit as a kid but then didn't really do much of until i was an adult and i thought well why didn't i do this more as a kid i love doing it i love doing it with my kids it's just a fun mess that, that, that they can like dig in and get the the pumpkin seeds out i really enjoy it. you can like get really creative in like your design or just kind of do a normal stencil thing i really enjoy that that activity how about you Oh, absolutely the same. So I guess it'd be either underrated or perfectly rated. It just rocks. Like it's the entire yeah. process. You, you got to go to some sort of pumpkin patch to pick out your pumpkin. You're trying to find oh, yeah. the perfect one for the designs in your head. You got to <laughs> bring it home and like clean it up and then get to cut off the top and then get all your hands dirty by getting all the seeds, which making the pumpkin seeds is awesome too. Right. Oh, yeah. And like you're working for it. Like it's not easy, you know, especially the size pumpkins I, I typically get for them. Uh, and then you get to carve up a pumpkin like what more what more could you possibly want i just i, I just went underrated because i just don't think it just gets like talked about enough I, oh, like i know that's, people that's will totally like fair. people will post their pictures of and everything else you know like on facebook or whatnot but it's just not really something that really gets chatted about you know it's just interesting to me i just think like well maybe this is just a little underappreciated so it, i really it, like it it's a late round sleeper for sure uh on the draft <laughs> of halloween activities definitely definitely then last but certainly not least uh trick-or-treating i put uh perfectly rated as a young child like or like or like um elementary school age and then mm -hmm. for me it was more overrated the order i got What's your take on, on trick-or-treating? I think we're uh, 100% aligned in there. Like, it rocked as a kid. Uh, I don't have kids yet, so I don't know what that's like uh, then. I know this is the first house uh, or first year in our house, so I am looking forward to seeing trick-or-treaters come for the first time. Oh, that's awesome. We, we have yeah. no idea about how many people are going to come or anything, which we should have asked when we bought the house. Like, what's the volume of trick-or-treaters? Uh but yeah. I'm just excited to be a part of that process. Uh, actually bringing kids around, I'm, I'm sure, is, is a little challenging. It actually is pretty fun. Um, 
it's more fun than than I thought it was going to be because like at first it's like they, they want to get dr- dressed up but then like their their tolerance for like walking well when they're like little when like two or three mm. they can't mm-hmm. like walk very much you know they end up carrying them and their candy and their accessories or whatever mm. so that it, it gets a little bit much but now my, my, my kids are seven or almost seven and five so mm. we're, we're in a real sweet spot where they are really excited and very passionate about different things like they're gonna be dressing up as like a as darth vader and a stormtrooper so i can't wait because i'm a big star wars nut and so are they now so it's perfect but um it's really fun now but i think there came to be a point where as i got older we i just had like more like homework or if I had like work after school. Uh, but I think some of it was also like my older brother and like his friends influence. Like ah. I, I sort of like made a jump from like Nickelodeon to like MTV a little sooner than like, I don't know, so some of my other friends or whatever. So I think like that sort of awe of it sort of went away just because I, I just really looked up to my brother and like his and his friends not that they were like making fun of me for like wanting to go trick-or-treating but like it just seemed like well i really like what these guys are doing mm-hmm. and they're not going out so that mm-hmm. kind of like squashed the, the the idea for me at a certain age and then like I don't know that there, there can be this like weird pressure of like well i wanted to be this thing but then there's like I, the one year i wanted to be like james bond and I had like this little pellet gun, but it's like you can't be carrying around a toy gun Ooh. spray painted black. Yeah, so it, it gets a little dicey there, right? It's like, but it's that, that it's the PP you know seven or you know it was like, well, you can't bring that. It's like it uh, the you know whatever. So it, you know obviously for like obvious reasons you don't want to do that, but um, yeah. So it's like you know as I got older, the, the idea seemed to be more absurd and just like with homework and stuff, I'll just be the guy who hands out the candy when like the trick or treaters come around. But either way, that that's very interesting that we are on the same page for, for, for mm-hmm. the vast majority of that stuff. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. That's fun. All right. So uh, at the end of the day, we do want this to be a, a football show, right? Sure, a little bit absolutely. of fantasy, a little bit of real life football. So uh, we are going to be looking ahead here to week eight. Uh, Matt and I are going to be covering uh, basically who we think we should start and sit and just kind of dive into the Thursday night matchup, the London matchup, the Sunday night matchup and the Monday night matchup. But before that, uh, we're just going to take a look back at week seven and just kind of touch on some things that really stood out to us for both fantasy and real life football. Uh, so I'm just going to rattle off a couple of these here and then Matt, you can jump in however you want or bring in your own uh, mix of things. But sure. one thing uh, to me that, that, that really is, is screaming here across the league is that the New York giants are six and one. Uh, they, they have now uh, won two legitimate games and then against like the against the Packers and then the Ravens and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I was kind of a toss up. Like if you looked at that matchup at the beginning of the season, but they are now six and one, very impressive. And Brian Dable uh, re- remains my pick for, for coach of the year. If they stay on this track, I think that has to be a lock, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, pretty crazy, but kind of going off of that, I mentioned the Packers, they are on a three game losing streak first, the giants and then the jets and then the commanders mm. uh, with uh Taylor Heineke uh, getting the start. So it, it's it's pretty wild. Uh, I don't know if the Packers uh, are in like panic mode right now or if Aaron Rodgers just needs to have another uh, press conference where he says, relax, you know, I don't know uh, what would be best for the team. But now they face like the Buffalo Bills. So it might be a four game losing streak. Obviously, week seven brought some pretty devastating injuries. 
Brees mm-hmm. Hall torn ACL. That, that basically is the, is the big marquee injury, uh, unfortunately. But then some like maybe uh, single week or multi week injuries to for uh, DK Metcalf, Mike Williams, and David Njoku, who's on his way, of course, having a breakout tight end season. And of course, he has to get hurt. It's just, it's just the way it goes. Naturally. <laughs> Uh, we we welcome back DeAndre Hopkins uh, from the suspension in Marquise Brown's absence on the Thursday night game returned as a pure wide receiver one 14 targets caught 10 of them for 103 yards right where he left off. So you love to see that uh, Christian McCaffrey's debut with the 49ers had the very rare midweek trade of a superstar. So that was very exciting. But this was just kind of a pretty annoying situation for fantasy football. Basically, if I had him on a team, I had to start him, you know, but he only played 28% of the snaps, eight, eight rushes for 38 yards, two catches for, for 24 yards. So you like that. He was, he was involved when he was on the field, but uh, less than 10 points after three straight 23 plus point games. That's just Mm -hmm. a pretty brutal one, but I think things will definitely get better for him. Finally here, uh, Josh Jacobs and Joe Burrow absolutely dominate the week. Uh, Josh Jacobs is on an absolute tear. Three straight games of 140 rushing yards and 30-plus fantasy points. Three straight games. Then Joe Burrow just absolutely lit up the Atlanta Falcons. 500 total yards and four touchdowns, one on the ground. While... Couple players um, were a little bit of a disappointment. Jared Goff, four total turnovers, no touchdowns against a pretty tough Dallas defense. But for a team that was top five in scoring across the league, really did not uh, get it done. Now the injury to Amon Ross St. Brown may have something to do with that for sure. But and, and no DeAndre Swift, obviously. So that's mm-hmm. you know a couple couple things going on there. But either way, uh, really a disappointing outing for someone who was a considerable start at least in single qb leagues and and for sure in super flex leagues you hate that and then the real bizarre one of the week was mark andrews uh Mm. no receptions on two targets and one rush for four yards even after that dud of a performance he is still the tight end two so uh those are some of my big takeaways just wanted to briefly touch on those matt what stood out to you in week seven yeah, and all that happened on National Tight End Day, too. That's, like, that's what, right. Like, what's yeah, yeah, yeah. going on there? Uh, <laughs> really, a lot of the stuff that you said from an offensive perspective uh, are, are truly the main standouts. So I'm just going to bring up a couple uh, a couple of the defensive things that I saw Perfect. on the ball IDP side. Uh, so, number one, we saw Blake Martinez for the first time this year in Las Vegas. Uh, he ended up with... Uh, only 23% of defensive snaps played, but he ended up with four combined tackles. So that was kind of nice, but the bigger, biggest thing there was how that impacted the other linebackers uh, on Las Vegas. Cause you know, Blake Martinez is a big name. He's a tackle machine. Uh, you know him well as he was a, a giant player for a bit there. Um, so divine Diablo, there was a lot of speculation throughout the entire offseason that he had kind of gained the trust of the new coaching staff there. He played a hundred percent of defensive snaps. That's huge. Uh, and then, uh, Denzel Perryman, he only played 53% of the defensive snaps. So Blake Martinez showing up kind of took away some from Denzel Perryman, nothing from divine Diablo. So when you, if you're looking for someone to trust there, uh, it's divine Diablo. And then mm. probably uh, you probably can't start Denzel Perryman or Blake Martinez with any sort of confidence. So uh, typically I look for about 80% of defensive snaps played to really be relevant in IDP. You can't score points unless you're on the field. Uh, and 80% is usually a good mark for a linebacker 
Baker at least uh, to be to be relevant. So uh, Blake Bertano is not yet relevant. So that was kind of number one. Uh, number two, Willie Gay also returned from suspension, uh, his foreign game suspension back there in Kansas City. Uh, again, how did that impact, uh, namely Nick Bolton? Because Nick Bolton's been having a really nice, really nice year, and they were splitting. Uh, he's, Nick Bolton's wearing the green dot, but they were more or less splitting the the defensive snaps before Willie Gay's suspension. Uh, Willie Gay only played fifty six percent of defensive snaps. Uh, Nick Bolton played somewhere in like 80 in, in the mid eighties. So again, maybe there's ramping him back up, but as long as he's not eating into Nick Bolden stuff, you can trust Nick Bolden. And I think you can trust Willie Gay actually. Uh, and then Deion Jones with the Browns, uh, someone else making their season debut, uh, for a different team. Uh, it's it a lot of new faces, whatever happened, but something's in the water. Maybe it's just the, the trade deadline coming up. Uh, but DeAndre with the Browns kind of made a linebacker situation a little more murky in there. They had Jacob Phillips and Jeremiah Owuso Koromoa, right? And it's like, how is this new guy going to really impact stuff? Uh, he had a decent game. He played 52% of snaps, five combined tackles. It was fine. But the biggest thing is Jacob Phillips had a season ending injury. Uh, so now it, what was three linebackers is now back down to do. Uh, he didn't eat at all into JOK's sort of stats. So it seems like Deion Jones is going to be wearing the green dot and it's going to be sort of a very startable guy uh, on that Browns defense. So uh, I found that very interesting. Uh, and then the final thing I really wanted to mention, Patrick Queen is having himself one heck of a year uh, in Baltimore. So often we uh, have an, a vision or we get this narrative of someone and we can't really shake it. Right. It's like, oh, for years, this person like either it's an injury risk or they're inconsistent. And then the, you can't get rid of that. Uh, Patrick Queen sort of had that going for him. Uber athletic. Right. Uh, really nice rookie campaign. Then it was kind of up and down sort of roller coaster uh, since then. But this year he's crushing it. So in this game, 11 combined tackles. He had a sack. He played 98 percent of the defensive snaps played. He is so good and the way that they're using him is like you can't help just be like hey forget the inconsistent stuff in the past right forget the fact that he was a bust for when you drafted him a couple years ago right you can absolutely trust him and there's a couple other people uh, over the entire in the entire year that have kind of surpassed their sort of bust status like and think like richie grant with atlanta like people were drafting him as the the defensive back last year uh, the rookie defensive back, and he completely did absolutely nothing, right? Same thing with Zayvon Collins. Uh, and now look at that. Oh, yeah. Very IDP relevant years, uh, doing very well. So sometimes that's is where dynasty, you can't just cut people, right? Uh, but if you were lucky into them and redraft, things are, things are looking pretty good for you. So, uh, yeah, those are some of the things that I saw from an IDP perspective that I think is worth noting. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, I actually do play in uh, two IDP leagues. And in both of them, I was ahead of the curve on Zaire Franklin and Shaquille Leonard's absence, specifically mm -hmm. because of guys like you and Axton and, and Mike Sicoli, like, like oh, these guys. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I look up to you guys just as much as the subscribers do, because I'm just typically more of like an offensive, like fantasy player, but those little nuggets like that you guys bring out it's it's fantastic so appreciate your your insight but i do like that 80 percent snap uh 
marker for Spe- specifically, relevant use. Yeah. Specifically for linebackers, typically for defensive backs, you want them to be, uh, you know, in the 90s to 100. Like a lot of teams, they just have their starting defensive backs and they're out there, right? You still have to kind of look where they're in where they play in formation. I know last year, uh, Trevin Morig with the Raiders played nearly a hundred percent of defensive snaps, but he finished as I, it's something around defensive back 40 or something. He was just awful, but he played all the snaps. <laughs> wow. He, he graded pretty well. He did what he was asked to do. just wasn't yeah. very idea of versus uh, linebackers. A lot of teams are employing sort of rotations at this point. Like they're not a whole lot of a hundred percent snap linebackers. Uh, the best ones are right. But, it's harder and harder to find Kansas city was the, the chief among them. That's uh-huh. a little, a little fun for you. Uh, nice. where they, they were just always employ uh, rotation. So no one was playing more than 70%, which was great for them from a football perspective. Everyone, uh, you know, keeps their legs under them. But from an IDP perspective, it was trash, which is why Nick Bolden actually getting up into the eighties and sometimes nineties is like, Oh, heck Yes. Heck yeah. Uh, and then defensive linemen, it's really, it's really dependent. Like they're so boom or bust, like even the best ones, I like think of Aiden Hutchinson, right? He has had two really big games. Uh, the, his first breakout, he had three sacks in that game. I think what he had two in, in this last week's game, uh, something like that. Yeah. It just it explodes, but the rest he's putting up nothing like literally nothing, uh, which that's kind of just what you get in, in, with defensive line people. Uh, so if you can find someone who is putting things up consistently, uh, it's very nice. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to start off uh, week eight just by mentioning the teams that are on by, of course. We're now getting to that part of the season where we just have a lot of those blank spaces in our lineups that we have to fill as as brutal as that at is least, this week. At least it's not the Eagles and Bills again. <laughs> that Oh, no. <laughs> week six was rough. It was it was the Rams, Vikings, Bills, and Eagles just top yeah. to bottom. Like, I, I think I, I tallied up at least 17 starting options across those four teams. Like, that's brutal if you I, have I, a lot of those. And yeah. I was so heavy on the Eagles. Like I, I love Jalen Hurts because he was falling yeah. like to QB six or something in most drafts. And like, I'm going to pick him up, crushed it. Miles Sanders, there was so much hate. Like he's a perfectly fine running back. He just needs to find the end zone. It's like he's due Which for some he positive yeah. regression. He has. So it, I was some heavily invested and the, the bills are just, you know, a wagon for, for many, many positions uh, on defense and offense. Uh, so right. yeah, this, this, that week was just so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty rough. Uh, this week, it's not as bad, although we do lose a little bit of firepower. We've got Kansas city chiefs and the Los Angeles chargers. Uh, so, so no Austin Eckler, unfortunately, no, no, Justin Herbert, Gerald Everett. We, we can go, we can go down the list. No Mahomes, no Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Um, Although some kind of irritating committee situations there in Kansas City with the running back, so we can we don't have to worry about that for a week. But we do miss out on 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 uh, Austin Eckler, who I believe is either RB one overall or RB two. I forget, but he's up there, so that, that's a devastating yep. loss for the week. Um, so no Chiefs, no Chargers. We will start with uh, the Thursday night football matchup. Got the Baltimore Ravens at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Ravens at this point are 4 and 3 and the Buccaneers are 3 and 4. So Buccaneers um it's not it's not really a must win game but just that division is so putrid that they are still in first place <laughs> with yeah. a 3 and 4 record uh losing to the Panthers uh in week 7 that that was a very shocking uh 
outcome that I did not uh, foresee happening. But either way, they're a little bit under the gun here, uh, trying to make up for, for lost time uh, on the Ravens side of the ball. So I'll just kind of preface uh, a lot of these games with uh, sort of the system I used in my start sit article I did for the hmm. IDP guys last hmm. year. Great, Basically, this great system, website. Great website, uh, by the way. IDP guys. Absolutely. They're great. Absolutely. So like the system is like trust if you must and bust, not mm. necessarily um, if, if it's bust, that just means like you're happy to have him on your roster. You don't necessarily want to start him just because of the matchup or just your league makeup. Uh, if you must is very league dependent. If it's a really deep flex league, then you are leaning on the side of starting, especially if you have injuries or especially if you're heavy in the bye weeks um, in more of a shallow league, like the, if you must are kind of like, you might want to consider benching them just because the matchup might not be great. The opportunity might be a little bit ambiguous. Now trust on the other side, these are guys you're starting in every league, regardless of the format. So on the Ravens side, Lamar Jackson for me remains a, a trust and Mark Andrews remains a trust you're going to get the 20 point game and you're going to get the four point game. That's just tight ends for you. But Mark Andrews is just as elite as they come. You're not benching. You're not, you're not benching him. Uh, Devin Duvernay. I'm really mainly mentioning him because Rashad Bateman is unfortunately kind of on the injury report on the short mm -hmm. week. It's really not great, but he is a wide receiver option that I think can be utilized in an if you must situation. We typically say to not flex your Thursday night players, but it's going to be tough to get him into your two in your two starting wide receiver slots or three. So he may be kind of a borderline flex play. And then Gus Edwards uh, all of a sudden is now fantasy relevant once again. Mm -hmm. I have him in a lot of leagues, did not start him at all in any of them, even with J.K. Dobbins being put on uh, like the, the short-term IR. Um, so I think Gus Edwards does come in as, as an if-you-must option. Uh, I know he's a, he was kind of on the injury report uh, in the early part of the week here, so just keep an eye on that. Do you have anyone else to mention? Or do you have a different perspective on, on any of the Ravens players? No, I think you nailed it. I think one injury worth noting on the Buccaneers defense is Antoine Winfield. Uh, Ooh, all signs okay. are pointing to him not playing. I think it was con I think it was concussion related. Uh, Logan Ryan for them for the strong safety is also he's on IR. So the Bucks have been sort of I mean they've been kind of showing their age all across the board, both on offense and defense, uh, which we'll get to them obviously in a second, but. It's hard to trust any of those Ravens wide receivers, right? Uh, I think it's there are worse situations though in a if you must situation, just due to those the the Bucks injuries. Uh, and yeah, Lamar, Lamar, Gus, Andrews, like they're, they're you got to start them. And then on the defensive side, you know who you need to start on the Ravens. <laughs> like they're the big names for a reason. So yeah, you got your your Patrick Queen, uh, your Marcus Peters if you're in a corner cornerback uh required league is always solid and clark has been secretly putting up another great year um you you know what you're at. it's really the floor not a high ceiling but like he's he's perfectly reasonable so uh hopefully this is a thursday night game that actually uh on paper it should right but uh thursday night has a weird knack for being weird <laughs> That's right. Yeah, uh, you you can't always um, anticipate like the big scoring fest like like what we saw last week. And and to be honest, I didn't really think it was it was going to be quite like that. But it was a pretty wild game. Mm -hmm. 
but either way, uh, on the Buccaneers side of the ball, uh, I think you can still trust um, Leonard Fournette. I think Tom Brady is kind of borderline. I think he's definitely a clear mm-hmm. super flex option, kind of borderline uh, single QB league start. Uh, I'm still, I, I'm just stubborn uh, despite, actually, Mike Evans was 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 still pretty solid. Um, so I, I'm still good with, with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin uh, as a starting um wide receiver option. I think Evans did pop up on the injury reports. Just keep an eye on that. I don't like that for the short week, but if he's active, it's hard for me to not play Mike Evans. Um, <laughs> outside of them, I think Cade Otten is kind of an interesting, if you must tight end option only because of the injuries at the position. And we got two starters uh, out of the bye weeks with a uh, Gerald Everett and Travis Kelsey. So that might put you in a position where it may be beneficial to start someone like Cade Otten who actually wasn't, horrible uh just a typical like tight end floor kind of a streamer uh but i think he's a little bit interesting as an if you must which in this case you might have to uh any Mm -hmm. any uh different thoughts on on the buccaneers now again crush the offensive side those those are the names that that you sort of want uh and then defensively i don't know why you'd be starting anyone on the defensive line for for the bucks uh but you know lamar jackson does not take a whole lot of sacks because he can run around. So kind of fade any of them. Uh, you probably shouldn't be relying on them anyway, but just, just fade them uh, versus the, the linebackers should have an absolute dynamite game uh, as, as they normally do. So you can trust Levante David. You can trust, uh, you can trust Devin white uh, Shaquille bears having a really off year. I don't think this is the game for him to come back in anything. So continue to fade him, but uh, it should be, should be, should be a good game. I like it. No, I, I think I think uh, for for fantasy purposes, it'll be intriguing as well as, as for real life football. As it's, as it's Tom Brady, it, it's hard to to not get excited when when Tom Brady is playing. I, I think it's despite sneaky, the uh, yeah, it's a sneaky must win for both. Like obviously for yeah. the Bucks because they've looked terrible, but like the Ravens have been just one of the most mind boggling teams all year. They get these huge leads and then they just keep blowing them. Seemingly, <laughs> seemingly the Bengals are back. Right. Like it seems like the Bengals are fully back. So if the Ravens, it, it kind of feels like do or die for me for them, where if you want to continue to be relevant and, you know, stake your claim uh, for winners of that division, like you have to win games like this against a Bucks team that looked really terrible. And I, yeah, it's an interesting point because I think like the Ravens have to have to keep up pace with, with, with the Bengals and and the Buccaneers can actually probably afford to lose this game if they had to just because of the rest of the division just being so awful. But still, I mean, you want to win every game. There's only so many, it's only, you know, however many games, exactly. there's only like nine games left or whatever it is. So, you know, every game matters, but it's like they have a little bit more cushion that, that they can afford where the Ravens just absolutely don't if the Bengals are going to keep it up. So, yeah, very interesting well, stuff and, there. And yeah. in the division and wildcard, to be honest, because like looking at For the sure. other records around the AFC, I think you're going to need 11 wins. I think you're going to need 11 wins to make the playoffs. I don't think a 10 and 7 team is going to make it in uh, much to my Patriots fandoms chagrin. Uh like you get you need to win games like this. For sure. For sure. All right, so moving on to the Sunday the, the Sunday London game, uh we get we we are all so happy, so thrilled mm-hmm. to get the Denver Broncos again at the Jacksonville Jaguars uh <laughs> who are the uh quote unquote London based team. So they get the home game there in London. 
So the Broncos offense to me is just a one big yikes. Um, obviously looking like Russell Wilson isn't going to play, even if he was active, it's still kind of a, kind of a vomit show <laughs> anyway. Um, one interesting development is that Mike Boone is now on IR leaving the backfield now uh, to Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray, and they signed Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack is barely a dynasty stash, unfortunately. Big fan of the guy, but it's just a real... It's not looking great, even for an opportunity's sake. It's still a weak opportunity if he even gets on the field. Melvin Gordon did play 51% of the snaps, and Latavius Murray played 39% of the snaps last week. So now with Mike Boone out... Uh, maybe that will elevate both of them to more of like a 50-50 split. Hard to say. Either way, I wouldn't feel great about starting either one. Even Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are are just at this point, like if you must options with uh, Brett Ripon as the uh, quarterback who will just barely make it as a super flex option. As far as I'm concerned, I just think there's, so there's two, so there's 30 starting quarterbacks this week. He's just barely, he, he would not make it uh, into that top 24 for me, uh, even though it's against the Jaguars who, who can be, you know, who can definitely be, be exposed um, defensively. I just don't really want to do anything with the Broncos offense. If I can help it. Uh, I will say it's hard for me to bench guys like Sutton guys like Judy, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I will probably start them and like kind of hold my nose as I press uh, submit. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Broncos offense at this point? I don't trust any of them. Like I, I can't, it's hard to trust. Like the problem is if where you drafted someone like Sutton or Judy, unless right. you got lucky on the waiver wire, you're you, you got to trot them out. Like, I don't know if we're going to be talking about the Falcons at all, but it's, it's the same thing with Kyle Pitts. It's like, like it's been so brutal with him the entire year, but I don't have any other options because I drafted, you know, so, so, so back to the Broncos, I, it's hard to trust any of them, especially with the backup QB. Like, yeah, hope Russell Wilson comes back and is the player we thought he was going to be to kind of elevate right. everyone up. But the Jaguars defense is like kind of secretly been falling out too. So it's like where the Jaguars strength on defense are lines up with sort of the strength of the Broncos and with the backup QB uh, and with, I mean, I'll call Mel Gordon a backup running back because he kind of is one at this point. Yeah, uh, even though go Badgers, um, <laughs> I just I I'm not. This is one where maybe wake up before the game to make sure they're actively playing and they're not out. Uh, but yeah, that's a just don't watch the game. Just hope hope they actually do it. Yeah, no, for sure. I did forget one name. Uh, just one kind of interesting name is Greg Dulcich, the the oh, the, sure. the rookie tight end. He has been uh, pretty solid the last two weeks. So. Again, in one of these situations where you have Kelsey or Everett or, or Ninjoku, uh, I think you could do a lot worse than throwing him in there. Um, pretty consistent uh, amount of targets and just like big playability over the last two weeks. So I think you could do a lot worse looking for a tight end streamer, even though once again, uh, low expectations with mm -hmm. anyone in this offense mm -hmm. on the Jacksonville Jaguars side of the ball. Uh Trevor Lawrence for me is a super flex option. You can still trust uh, Christian Kirk. You can definitely trust Travis Etienne, who yeah. has been exploding over the last couple of weeks, even with James Robinson around, who has now been traded mm -hmm. to the New York Jets uh, to not exactly replace Brees Hall, but to kind of fill in that gap there. Uh, so, so Travis Etienne to the moon. Uh, 
Evan Ingram will come in as an if you must uh, tight end option. And then Zay Jones and Marvin Jones, if you must options, but Marvin Jones is more of a deeper flex option for sure. Um, anyone else on this team I'm forgetting about? No, it's, here's the thing about the Broncos defense is they are absolutely balling out. They're so For freaking sure. good, which is makes the fact that the offense is terrible just that much more frustrating, right? So I I just want to temper expectations. Really just it's a weird game in the first place, right? But like these are two fairly decent defenses uh with a couple offenses that haven't really proven they can put it completely together. So like, for example, with, with Etienne, like, obviously he's unleashed, like James Robinson's on, like he's gonna, he's guaranteed to have a huge game. Right. And I could look very silly come, you know, Sunday mid afternoon, but like the Broncos have a really good run defense. So he, you, you, if you have him, you have to start him. You have to start him. But the, the to the moon sort of narrative that a lot of people are are talking about is like, maybe not this game. (laughs) Like maybe yeah. let's let's go against uh, someone else. Um, but in terms of the the wide receivers, I never know what to expect from them week in week out. You know, like I think, like you said, uh, probably a fine flex play, uh, but seemingly Lawrence just can't decide who he wants to throw to all the time, or which Trevor Lawrence we're going to get. Like, are we going to get the one at the beginning of the year that was lighting it up, or the one recently that? Just simply hasn't. So uh, I know one of the wide receivers is going to get the Pat Sertain treatment, who is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Uh, he was shut down better wide receivers than them already this year. Uh, so in general, this game is is a pretty decent avoid for me. Uh, obviously, like you said, in, in your leagues, you're going to play the players you're going to need to play. But from like daily fantasy perspective, uh, which we haven't even talked about, uh, probably just avoid probably just avoid this entire game i think that 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 that's really good advice uh for sure uh but 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 the strength uh, of that broncos defense really can't be overlooked so i really do appreciate that 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 perspective the the etn excitement is kind of a blend of the of the dynasty excitement but but the single week here definitely i mean he's gonna play a ton of snaps he's gonna get a, a lot of opportunity but definitely a uh lesser output because of the strength of that of that Denver defense so uh, I'm with you there although I just you got to start him if you have him. <laughs> oh you you, uh, you have to start sure. him you have to start yeah. him because he he's looked so good right and all it takes is a couple of plays right and that's and, right and, and he's in for for a huge game uh I just want to put like just the tiniest of web blankets on him uh for now but he goes up against the Raiders next week and they have a, a worse defense uh so no, I think I think that, that I think that 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 is um, extremely fair and and just very good like wisdom. Just keep in mind, like it could be ugly this this week, but then the next week, business as usual, or at least business as usual in the last two or three weeks, right? Exactly. Uh, so so that's good. All right, Sunday night football matchup. We got the uh, the the struggling uh, Green Bay Packers at Ooh. the mighty Buffalo Bills. For me, on the Packers side of the ball, not a lot of players I'm trusting in this one just because of the Bills' defense just being so stout at all the levels. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is basically a super flex option. Um, I mean, I can recognize that he's still a phenomenal player, but you can't ignore who he's throwing the ball to. Um, Aaron Jones, for me, would come as the singular trustable option on this whole offense. 
Um, AJ Dillon just continues to be a disappointment. Unfortunately, um, there may be, I, I, it's, it's just hard to justify starting him against the bills in this matchup. Um, Robert Tunyon is like just a barely, if you can must a uh, tight end option here. Um, because I mean, it's just, it's just a rough matchup. He could have better target opportunity with Alan Lazard being banged up and just mm-hmm. with not a lot else to throw to like, no, 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 no Randall copy. He, he's on IR. And then, and then Romeo Dubes, as you, as you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, zero points last week, which is just, uh, you just want to pull your hair out, you know? Uh, so it's just hard to trust a lot of these Packers players in general, but especially against like, like the mighty bills defense. So not, not, not a lot to like there um, on the Bills side of the ball. However, I'm starting all my bills, all of them. Uh, Josh mm. Allen, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Devin Singletary. I, I, I'll, I'll be happy to start him as like my RB two. Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis uh, for sure. Outside of those core four, um, probably difficult to get some of those other guys in your starting lineups. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think from the Bills' perspective, Dawson Knox is a, probably a decent. Uh, bye week fill-in. Uh, the story of him all of last year is that he's so touchdown dependent. He's seeing the touchdown regression that we expected uh, coming right. back down to earth. But the Packers defense has really been struggling uh, against a lot of people, which is surprising. Uh, but they do give up a decent amount of points uh, to tight ends. So if you are desperate oh, okay. and and you're looking for someone, uh, Dawson Knox is is a, a pretty decent streaming candidate. Uh, yeah, I mean. The the Packers defense is so frustrating because they're on paper they're so good, right? Yeah. Like, like on on paper, it's like, oh, this is gonna be a top three team. Like when they played the Bucks uh back, I think it was week three, and it was what 13 to 10. It's like, oh, defensive battle, two really good teams. And it's like, <laughs> oh well, maybe not on both sides, uh, both sides there. Um yeah. but from the from the Packers uh, IDP perspective just because that's what I do. Uh, really like Devondre Campbell. He's just, I had a huge game, huge game last week. Quay Walker's been secretly putting up, uh, well, maybe not secretly if you pay attention to any of the stuff that I put out because I talk about him constantly. Uh, LB3 numbers. He had the best week of his uh, rookie campaign uh, last week. Uh, really like that. And I do think it matches up fairly nicely with what I expect the Bills to be doing on offense. Uh so they're the ones I want to talk about from the Packers. And then, as you said, with the Bills, uh, pretty much any one of them, start start them all. Start them all. Because the, <laughs> the the one fear I have is that the Packers aren't going to be able to put up uh, enough sustained drives for the IDP players to get the stats that they need, which it, it's kind oh, of like it, okay. it's a weird it's a weird two-way street, right, uh, versus the team defense versus the IDP stuff. Like, in order for your players to score points, they have to be on the field and they have to have opportunities to make plays. In order for that to happen, that means the opposing offense has to have sustained drives uh, and then not score big plays, right? They, In order for that to happen. I've uh, been burned a couple of times by this Packer team in, in that scenario. Uh, but you're going to start them. They're, they're so freaking good. Like, they're, they're so freaking good. Yeah, um, in, in the limited amount of IDP I've played... Um, sort of my thought process is like, I want to play linebackers on teams that are going to be losing late in the game because the other Mm -hmm. team is just going to be running on them to give opportunities to the linebackers to tackle. Then the opposite, you want like 
the way I think about it, like, like you want defensive backs on the teams who are going to be winning late in games because the other teams are going to be forcing to throw. That'll set up more tackles or interception uh, possibility or or sack um, upside for, for those teams who are going to be constantly passing, at least in the, in the later part of the game. Those mm-hmm. th- those things um, aren't always uh, foolproof because obviously we can't always predict how games are going to flow, but that is typically is how I approach it. But it seems like you you had a much <laughs> smarter way of, of describing what you want to be looking for in these kinds of matchups. Cause if the Packers can't sustain drives, then the bills players aren't going to be able to get the tackles you want on the IDP side, but that's helpful for, yeah. for, for, for a team defense, obviously, but, but it might be opposite. If like the bills just have, if they like controlled the time of possession, well, the Packers are just going to have to make tackles or whatever, but not good for the team defense side. Right. So um, very interesting uh, point there. Um, yeah, so I think we covered that one. Uh, I mean, it's always a good time uh, we're, we're watching the Bills play. So I thought that'll be a fun one on Sunday night. Then we'll go on to Monday night football to kick to the end of the, the week. I uh, got the four and three Bengals at the uh, two and five Cleveland Browns. We get to see that stinking elf again in the middle of the field. Um, <laughs> Bengals, I'm starting them all. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon. Uh, Arguably, all three wide receivers, I think, are are interesting. I mean, I think Tyler Boyd's more of a flex play. Just in general, you think the chances of him, you know, leading the teams in targets is probably unlikely. You think it's still going to go through Chase and Higgins as long as they're healthy. But he had this massive um, um, blow up game uh, last week, so that's very encouraging. But still. I think just still got to temper expectations a little bit. He he comes in more as a flex than Hayden Hurst. I I will be trusting as well as a tight end option on the Brown side of the ball. Not as uh, enthused there. Still Nick Chubb. I think uh, Kareem Hunt is definitely like a, a flex worthy play and Amari Cooper. I still would be trusting as a tight end, but without David Njoku, very fr- it's very frustrating. But for me, I think Jacoby Brissett is just still no more than a super flex play. If that, just because I think they're gonna are gonna want to just focus on running the ball, but that could mean a lot more like dump offs and and involvement with with Kareem Hunt. So that's why I think he's kind of a sneaky flex play, despite being a little bit disappointing over the last uh, few weeks. Any differing thoughts on the Bengals at the Browns? Before I get to that, before Fanny's receipts can get at me, uh, I I was ch- I checked my Green Bay Packers stats with the tight ends. Uh, they're actually doing really well this year against tight ends. They're the third best team against tight ends. Don't play Dawson Knox. I take it back. I was I was wrong ten minutes ago. My apologies, but I checked myself. It's like I, I, like that was last year's statistics. Like, let's look to this year. Okay. Uh, Brown, there Bengals. we go. I, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. The the Bengals offense is just on fire. Like they they're great. The Browns defense can't look a whole lot worse than it's looked. Like granted, uh, just to make it about my team for a second, maybe we'll get the surprise Pats Bears game where things completely reverse from what we expect uh, on the Monday night. Like it happened. Oh man! Like. It seems yeah. like there's a lot of parity this year uh, where you have like three really good teams, yours being one of them, and the rest kind of any given Sunday sort of vibes. Uh, but until I see it, you have to go with what you're talking about. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, from the Browns defensive side, they just lost uh, one of their linebackers, you know, and Jacob Phillips, who was wearing the green dots. Now you have Deion Jones, who's obviously 
fairly talented, but he's learning a new system. Like it's all new stuff. He can't really trust the Browns defense at this particular point, especially with how well the Bengals offense is playing. So play all of your Bengals offensive players. Uh, and then from the, the Brown side. Yeah. You, you, you trust Chubb, you trust Cooper. Like he's been putting up numbers, even with Chicago Brissett there at QB looking forward uh, to what he can do once he gets the upgrade at quarterback, which is coming relatively soon. Yeah. Uh, there's not really anyone else I like on the Browns. There just isn't. Uh, David Bell's been a disappointment from the rookie dynasty perspective. Uh, and then there's really no one else. Yeah, I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones, even at best, is not having these like Deshaun Jackson-esque games, which you think he could be capable of every now and then. Maybe that changes when, 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 when Watson's in there, but just really can't start them unless you were just are, are supremely desperate, but I don't know. It just seems like something you just don't want to do Yeah, in this matchup. Yeah. And if you're looking for a boomer bus player that like might be available on waivers, uh, we're on the street is Van Jefferson's coming back from the Rams who've been looking for a, a really big, he's been a great deep threat for them. Uh, boomer bust for sure. You cannot rely on him regularly, uh, yeah. but he's coming back for the first time this year. He had quite the rapport with Stafford. I think that offense has looked not as good as it has because they were expecting Jefferson to be back uh, as their wide receiver too behind cup. Uh, can't really rely on Allen Robinson at this point in his career, unfortunately. So I do think that those pieces are coming back together. So if you're looking for someone to fit that Donovan people's Jones sort of vibe, maybe Van Jefferson, that might be, might be someone to look for. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I mean, you, you always want to stay ahead of these things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I think, I think that, 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 that's fantastic advice. I mean, he's pretty much as rostered in, I would venture like 99% of dynasty leagues, but, but in your redraft leagues, definitely a solid option to just grab them. If you got an open spot, if you lost Brees Hall, got an open spot to add. Exactly. You, exactly. you could honestly do worse. You know, I mean, it, it really, I mean, like the Rams have been such a disaster, but I'm with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm still holding on to Van Jefferson and Scott Fishbowl. I haven't dropped him yet, um, but, but he's, he's still there. Um, but either way, so I, I'm looking forward to that return as well. Uh, but Matt, yeah. It, yeah. I would say it's just a fascinating thing. It's a fascinating thing with with fantasy advice, right? Because there's so many different leagues, like in terms of their sizes and like what they prioritize and all these things. So oftentimes yeah. you give some advice and like, of course, like where are they available? It's like, well, they're available in my eight team family league, and I'm still looking for advice in the leagues. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's just it's a, it's a fun space to be. It's hard to just give like just universal advice because some leagues I'm in, it's just two running back, two wide receivers, one flex. And then I'm in some dynasty leagues where it's two running back, three wide receiver and four flexes. It's like, it's, 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 it's all, it's, yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's crazy. The, the nuances, like obviously from yeah. the offensive side, like full PPR versus no PPR from a defensive side. Like, are you doing a uh, big three scoring, which super prioritizes splash plays like sack interceptions versus tackle heavy leagues. Like it's so mm. you have to cast such a wide net, which is sort of why uh, you sort of mentioned it for a few players and like, just are players out there. Like, are they playing? Like they have to play to score points. Like it seems like such an obvious thing, but people have, don't pay attention to it as much as I think they should. Oh no, it's, it, it really just becomes like a very like, basic or like 
like like an like an elementary factor. You know, like there's just no reason to throw out someone who's only getting, you know, three targets a game on 50% of the snaps. I mean, you you're going to want to rely on the guy getting like six or seven targets a game playing 80% of the snaps. It's just more opportunity means more points, you know, or, or more exactly. more potential, you know. You just are trying to decrease you're trying to eliminate the the risk factors right mm-hmm. so you eliminate risk by looking for more sure things and sure things are more likely when they're on the field and involved exactly. you know but uh but that's why it's just you can't just look at like the box score outcomes you need to understand how involved are they you know and that kind of thing so but yeah it's it's a very interesting thing that, that, that we have to do here uh but uh, obviously you you know your stuff you know what you're talking about and um and i'd like to think i know what i'm talking about to a certain degree but i enjoy it uh it is a very rewarding experience to try to help people through these uh issues and quandaries they have but yeah but yeah matt uh this was awesome i appreciate you coming on the show and uh i really do think your your insight was extremely valuable so i appreciate you bringing that and do want to encourage everyone to check out matt and his work so matt can you please tell people where they can find you and let them know what you're working on here Sure. Yeah. So uh, obviously idpguys.org. Uh, I do write an article every week, which sort of tells you about the the games that happen on Sunday. Uh, everything you need to know from an IDP perspective. Uh, a lot of insight, as we were just talking about, is like, hey, that situational pass rusher had two sacks, but he only played 30% of snaps. So he's probably not that's not sustainable so stuff like that uh so check me out on idpguys.org we have great stuff there uh otherwise check me out on twitter at mrecker21 it's been right there the entire time <laughs> uh uh try to keep things light with all of my musical parodies and all that jazz and that's really where i'm spending most of my most of my free time nowadays so so come say hi i love it all right matt um Good luck to, to you in your leagues and uh, everyone just definitely encourage you to check out Matt on Twitter and check out the, the, the uh, TikTok page on, or the IDP guys um, mm-hmm. page on TikTok. Uh, you, you'll see a lot of Matt. So uh, that definitely for the better. So Matt, and the YouTube, awesome. and the YouTube, and if you're YouTube, watching that on YouTube, like, and subscribe, do the thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, there's a little kitty cat. Alrighty, Matt. Well, ha- have a good night and uh, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. All righty.